0: We are currently going through this, uh, a sermon series, or rather, the book of Acts. And we have committed ourselves as a church to do, to understand God's heart through this book. Now, many call this book uh, the Acts of the Apostles. Some theologians um, would prefer to call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the book of Acts is um, is an historical book giving an account of what happened during the first church, giving an account of how God powerfully uh, launched out a movement that at first it was strange and it was sort of, it had some... Um, Illegal elements in it, or rather, according to the traditions of the day. Remember the traditions of the day, or rather, the the dominating uh, culture that time was the Judaic Juda- Judaism, or rather, the Jewish worship, uh the Jewish culture of doing things, the Mosaic, if you may call it. And now the church is being bathed, and like Mutiga t- took us uh, through last week, we saw what happened when Peter preached, and three thousand people came to. Came to the Lord, and uh, that began something amazing. Pentecost, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. People spoke in tongues, and like Motiga mentioned, that there were people who were encamping around, you know, uh, Jerusalem every year. There are traditions that were prevalent at that time, and worship is one of them. Whereby Jew, uh, people of Jewish descent, who had been who had been scattered around the world, would often come back to Jerusalem to celebrate some, observe, observe some of the festivals uh, during that time. And so it is very strategic, once again, like Mutiga mentioned, that God would perform something like this at a time such as that during the, uh, during the, 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 the festival. Now you need to understand that um, every festival that God um, God gave the children of Israel they were just but types or you can say a shadow of what god will do and therefore if you look carefully from genesis from uh, genesis um exodus leviticus and especially leviticus when god is establishing worship and um god is basically using every element that he established in that book from exodus uh, leviticus and he's going to ride on them in order to fulfill what he had in mind at the end of it all. And therefore, uh, festivals such as Pentecost or other Passover, all these were shadows. And therefore, in now acts, we see God is going to now use a platform that is existing to birth forth. First day. From the first, uh, from from day one, when he even uh, initiated these institutes or rather these um, festivals in the first place. So uh, today we're in the Book of Acts, chapter two, and we're going to have we're going to read uh, from verse forty-two to forty-seven.
1: Chapter two, verse forty-two to forty-seven, right? Yes. Um. Okay. So I'm reading from the New King James Version and the Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need verse 46 so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and and breaking bread from house to house they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Amen. All right.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, my sister. God bless you for that, for reading of the word. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, the verses we've read um, have are going to show us what are some of the activities, or rather, the DNA of the first church, how they conducted. Um, First, what God did and secondly, how they responded and what happened after they responded and then how what can we learn from that? Okay, so they devoted themselves, according to this scripture, they devoted themselves and or rather they continued steadfastly, steadfastly, which means persistently. And consistently without fail, they continued to do what? Three things. They continued in their fellowship or other, uh, the doctrine. Sorry, I'm reading from ESV. Sorry, Ndano, <laughs> it's okay. Um, they continued in um, the doctrine, the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship of, of breaking bread and prayer. So three things. First and foremost, the uh, apostles doctrines, fellowship of breaking bread, and thirdly, prayer. Okay. Now, this is happening. um, uh, Let me just take you back a bit. There are 10 periods in the New Testament, 10 periods upon which God is doing something new. Every season, God is building up. Remember, from Genesis to Revelation there's a history there's a uh, there's a script of redemption whereby god is building things building blocks one at a time Polypoly, the story is building up now in the new testament there are 10 uh periods and um the book of acts find finds itself during a period during a four uh during the four periods within the 10 periods so it starts from the period of the birth of the church which we have seen and uh this covers from Acts chapter one to chapter seven, actually the birth of the church. And then the, it still continues to the spread of the church to the Samaritans, which we'll see at, uh, look, which we'll see at, uh, which is at Acts chapter eight to chapter 12. And also missionary journeys to the Gentiles, which is um, the, the eighth period. So the f- sixth period is, let me just say all of them. The first period is the early church of the early life of jesus the second period in the new testament is the ministry of john the baptist it's a period by itself whereby john is the forerunner the third period is the ministry of jesus whereby this is where jesus is tempted and um, he performs miracles and then the fourth period is the trials and crucifixion this is where jesus actually is between covenant through the holy communion and then period five is resurrection and ascension whereby jesus resurrects after dying resi- resurrects appeared to over 500 people and now ascends and is to return and then that leads us to period six whereby the book of acts begin and happens this is where now the birth of the jew the church to the jews and then uh, uh, period seven is spread of church to the Samaritans. Remember Jesus told um, his disciples, begin at Jerusalem and then Samaria and then the rest of the, the world. Yes. And then period eight, this is where the missionary journeys of Paul, which are still recorded in the book of Acts. And during that time is when Paul authors several letters to, 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 to the churches and to individuals. Now, and, and then period nine, period nine, which is Paul's trials and imprisonment. So all these are within the uh, the book of Acts. So the Acts of Apostle is a historical book that covers uh, a wide a, a certain period, whereby like four periods of the ten periods in the New Testament. Now, so the church has been birthed, the people have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and three thousand people have come to the Lord. And now scripture is telling us that these people continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So I want us to look at what what, what does apostles' doctrine mean, okay? Now, doctrine basically is um, a body of principles presented for acceptance of belief, okay? A body of principles um, presented for acceptance of belief. Now, that is doctrine. Um, Jesus had spent three good years with these apostles, the 12 apostles. And during those times, Jesus taught them. Jesus trained them. Jesus doctrinated them with truth. Okay? And truth that, um, truth that included prophecies or rather the sermons by the prophets, and the prophecies, and also kingdom principles. You remember the sermon at the mountain, Matthew chapter 5? So Jesus spent time and taught them. He taught them through parables. He taught them through examples and also through life experiences. So we can say that the apostles knew Jesus, and the knowledge they had of Jesus was twofold. Number one, the knowledge from an information point of view. Jesus spent time with them so that to ensure that they have the accurate view of God. They had the accurate, they they grasped God in their mind accurately, how God should, uh, who God is and who Jesus is and his mission and vision for the world. Jesus spent time with the disciples to ensure that they captured the heart of God. And then Jesus gave them a mandate, as the father has sent me, so I send you now. So this is what the church did. Just as the disciples spent time with Jesus. So now the new believers, the new church, were now spending time with the apostles, learning from them, hearing from them, because they, f- they had the first-hand experience, and now it's being passed down to them, the doctrine. Amen. Now uh, Jen Daniel, would you kindly open Luke chapter 24 verses 24 to 49 Luke chapter 24 verses 44 to um, 49. Thank you.
1: Then he said to them yes. Luke 24 mm-hmm. verse 44 to 49 right? Yes. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that Mm. all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding and that they might comprehend the scriptures. Mm. Then he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for Christ, for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on that day, Mm-hmm. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning mm. at Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high
0: amen amen so you see jesus is reminding his disciples hey guys remember i spent time with you and what did we do during those time i taught you and you can see some of the major like a summary of truth a summary of doctrine that jesus spent teaching them and that's that's what the church that's what should be the focus of the church If you look at verse seven, um, if you look at verse uh, 46 and and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. You know, that's a major, 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 major element in doctrine that should never be absent in our day-to-day fellowship with each other what Christ was for, what Christ, the mission and the vision of Christ and what he came to achieve. That should never depart from our fellowship. We should never deviate from the main thing being Jesus. And so this is what the apostles spent time teaching the new church, helping them make sense of what the scripture did and we saw an example of exactly what Peter did when he preached. He preached and he referred to the prophecies. He gave them an. He gave them. A, he narrated the story of the prophets and how it came to be that Jesus was crucified. And that's how, and that's what should make up our doctrine. And unfortunately. <laughs> anyway we'll come to that now what is what do we learn from this have we deviated from doctrine now these are rhetorical questions for you has the church deviated from the doctrine has the church adopted other forms of truth or has the has the church um, deviated from the main thing which is Christ the doctrine now, what instruction is God giving us? Uh 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Uh, and Jen, Jen, you can open first Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter. No, just read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And then I'll read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 to 4. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Jen.
1: First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, and without mm. controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Mm. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory.
0: Amen. Sorry. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. My apologies. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. But that's okay, still second, also a very powerful verse. But read 2 Timothy 3, Timothy, 16, chapter three 16. verse
1: 16. Yes. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, how do we ensure that we maintain doctrine? We may find ourselves within the parameters of true doctrine. One, we're instructed to go back to the Bible, to the Bible. And this Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is God-breathed. And in it, we have been told that it uh, it is helpful for instruction, exhortation, rebuke, correction, and training of doctrine. So back to the Bible. That's the basic thing to do. That's what, that's what God is telling us, the church of the 21st century, back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. Now, there's a warning. A warning. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 uh, to 4, th- listen to this. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. People will not endure sound teaching Uh instead. But having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Imagine that's a prophecy that actually has come to pass. But Paul is writing to his mentee Timothy, and is telling him, "Listen, my brother. Listen, my son. A time is coming, and because Paul understands the human heart, the depravity of human heart, what happens when we don't stick to doctrine is that we find ourselves falling, or rather." subscribing and inclining our hearts to, uh, uh, inclining to the human sens- sensuality. The depravity of man kicks in and instead of seeking for truth, we seek for things that our each ears want to hear. Instead of seeking truth, we want to have more of comfortable conversations. Instead of seeking for truth, we uh, because sometimes the truth is, The truth can make us uncomfortable. We want to do what? We want to remain. We want to remain at the surface level of spiritual growth. And therefore, looking for people, looking for ministers, looking for pastors, who will do what? Who will teach us, speak the things that our human flesh, sensuality, yearns to hear instead of truth. Truth is not popular. praise the lord that, now that's a warning and that's what happens and will happen to us if we don't if we don't do that listen to the to, to what paul and uh, i think this happened to a church this happened to a church look at galatians chapter 1 verse 6 paul says I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there's another, another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel, even if, if we're an angel, we are an angel, we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be a curse. Paul is proclaiming a sentence, a cast sentence. Anyone that is pre- preaching anything that is not the gospel, the true gospel, the authentic gospel, let that person be a cast. So the church, the Galatians church, the Galatian church here, we see them slowly deviating and falling prey of sensuality and being easily manipulated. And that's what happens when we don't pursue the truth. When we kind of leave it open when, calm, when we are not diligent enough to, to, to seek the right doctrine. We become easy prey and we become easily manipulated by the depravity of man, our sensuality. Me, I feel like. Let me not get there. Now, what will God have us do as far as doctrine is concerned? Uh, Jane, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. First Peter 2, verse 2. Thank you, Jane.
1: Okay, first Peter chapter two and verse two, the Bible says, Mm. as newborn babes, yes, desire the pure spiritual. Okay, as Mm. new um, okay, let me read again. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby.
0: Amen. God is asking us, you see the way a newborn baby craves and yearns and longs for milk? That that's how we should be young and long for God's word. That's how, that's how our attitude should be towards God. God's word. Breaking bread is a term that was used, was common during that day, whereby they would fellowship together. So breaking bread basically is like sharing a meal together. So the church, the church shared a meal together. Now, in addition to sharing a meal together, they also added the institution, or rather, the uh, this new uh, this new program or service that just gave them. That is the holy. So they would have fellowship together and they would do that steadfastly. Remember the keyword steadfastly. Steadfastly did what? Subscribe to the teachings and the doctrines of the apostles. Number two, fellowship. And so fellowship is a huge part of the Christian body. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we all long, we all yearn, to connect, we are relational beings. God created us to be relational. And therefore the yearning to attach and connect, to love and to be loved is the fiercest longing of the soul. Our our need for community, you know, with people and God who made us to be human is uh, our, our uh, that need for community is... It's like like what food and air is to the human body, our need for community. Mm. In other words, that need, it Mm. never goes away. It always stays with us, even when we go against it. Mm. Of course, there are many times we want to disconnect from people. We want to be alone by ourselves. Even the introverts, Mm. that is a human thing that God has created us in. No, and it marks us just from while well, we were still young as babies, from nursery and even to, to the retirement home. You know, when you're very old and you're back there, whichever place that is, it marks that. It marks, it's, it is something that identi- we identify with. Think of how an infant lives lifts up her face or uh, let me use her face because i have a daughter lifts up her face and hopefully and her hands shall be cute tiny hands hoping that the mother or the father will lift that baby up and the moment they're lifted up you'll see how they respond with happiness and gladness the desire to connect and so during this time as they were fellowshipping together which it, so it was a tradition to fellowship and have meats, meals together they adopted this to be part of and pro, and and actually strengthened it as part of their christian values and what they will do is they will add the lord's table on it so the breaking of bread is not necessarily the lord's table in a by itself but you can call it that the lord's table is also like breaking bread but primarily it was fellowship, fellowship. And so I love fellowship. In fact, uh, in my Christian journey, the places have grown more. I attribute 90% of my my growth into fellowship, fellowships, home fellowships. And that's why I'm passionate about home fellowships and e-groups because that's where growth happens. Apart from now the community like uh, what we are having on Sunday, which is a one time a week, but that home fellowships, that's where real growth happens. okay Now there, there's an instruction that God is giving us uh, and Jane 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 26. let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse uh, 26.
1: First Corinthians chapter 14. Yes. Verse 26.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How is it then, my brethren, mm. whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification.
0: Amen. And also let me read uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse 19 also says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God. So these two scriptures has just alluded to what are some of the things we should do together when we fellowship, when we come together, when we are sharing meals. Is it just about eating? No. Eating is part of it, but fellowship is not entirely just about eating. In addition to eating, encouraging each other with psalms, singing of hymns, you know, and at that place during fellowship, God has gifted us with uh, the gifts of the spirit that are meant to edify the body. Some may have the gift of healing, some the gift of speaking in tongues, some the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, you know, the gift of faith, and all that. When each one of us operate within our giftings in that fellowship, there's edification and there's growth. You see? And that's what in
1: fellowship
0: now there's a warning to this god is giving us or rather there's a warning and this warning let's look at hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 to 25 10 verse 24 to 25 jen thank you
1: okay hebrews chapter 10 Mm -hmm. verse 24 25 and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more so much the more as you see the day approaching
0: amen is asking us to be in the habit of fellowship meeting together Fellowship is a place of transformation. So never ever buy in into the lie from the enemy that you should detach yourself from fellowship. And I'm speaking to you probably, or you're watching this from wherever you're watching from, and you may have decided to take a step away from fellowship. You may have decided that you need to be alone. There is a place for isolation. But rarely do I find any encouragement from being away from a body of believers. Remember, you are a, you are part of the body. You are part of a spiritual entity, and sometimes it's unfortunate that we may treat this spiritual formation, this spiritual body, like we we'll, like we treat chamas, which are not spiritual entities. Shamans have or corporate gatherings, or corporate groups. No. This is a place whereby a place you shouldn't for granted. So if you're listening to this, watching this, and you may have made a decision to back off from fellowship, I want to encourage you to go back in, whichever way you will. Go back in and allow God to minister to you in that formation, in that body, because that's where you belong. Out there, you become an easy prey. Out there, you become, you'll be prone to evil, the, the, the enemy's manipulation. And you'll be <sighs> vulnerable to his lies. Go back to fellowship. Come back home. Come back home. Were you thinking of getting out of fellowship? Please don't. Stay in there and allow God to use the people in that space. They may not be perfect, but God will use them to minister to you. Paul is saying, so... If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Lastly, about fellowship, let me say this. Oftentimes, each one of us have a vision of how a community of believers should look like. But in that vision, well-meaning, we often do find ourselves being the very enemy of that system, whereby I expect everyone else to do this for me. I expect everyone else to be this for me. While in real sense, God has commanded, this is to us as individual, that I should seek to, to, to be this, to be loving, to be of same mind, so that that community is developed. That community is dependent on individual. So there's no one single individual that has been appointed to make fellowship a place of worth being, but each and every one of us, okay? And he's saying, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, a group where there's no selfish ambition or conceit, um, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Imagine a place whereby we're all looking out to the interest of others. Romans uh, 12, verse 10, each other in preferential treatment. Now, if, if, if that's how I'm thinking, if that's how Apostle is thinking, if that's how Maureen is thinking, if that's how Moses is thinking, Victoria, Emily, Jackie, Joy, Jane, Brenda, uh, Peru, Mumbi, Sishia, Nia, and Torsi, Esther, if that's how you're thinking, guess what? automatically that place of fellowship becomes home, a hub of love, becomes a place where we all look forward to go and be. Because I have a responsibility. The center of the universe is not not revolving around me, but rather there's someone else who's better than me. And I'm constantly looking for opportunities to make them better, to make them laugh, to make them smile, to minister to them. And in turn, that's what the other people are thinking. And that's what happened. Now, as a result of this, and the third one was prayer. So prayer, the saints in Jerusalem, were they, they always persisted uh, into, remember I said, God is using existing systems that had already been established for a long time. So there were, a, there were systems that already in place and stip- there were stipulated times of prayer. And so the saints observed this. And so prayer became a huge part of the success of the church. In the interest of time, what happened when the saints were steadfast in uh, apostles' doctrines and the fellowship of breaking bread and in prayer? Four things happened. And I just mentioned without expounding them. Four things happened. Number one, the fear upon their soul. There was fear upon. They, they were, they, they were abstracted if I may put it that way, they were all struck. So there was natural fear that struck just everyone. Number two, miracles and signs happened. God accompanied that with miracles, signs, and wonders. Okay? Now, what else? That's verse 43. And how came upon every soul. And then number two, and miracles, many wonders, signs, were done through the apostles. And thirdly, and all who believed were together and had all, what Paul is talking about in Philippians 2, they had all things in common. What do you mean? How did did that look like? Verse 44 and and, um, verse 45, and they were selling their possessions. So they saw their possession to the point that imagine everyone was thinking, hey, I mean, I, I no, I, I can't have three packets of unga and my fellow saint doesn't even have one. What what do I do? I'm going to bring one, leave one to my family, bring one and give out to someone who didn't have. And that is how the that's how they thought. That's how they that that is was that was the thinking. That's how that fellowship was so knitted together, get were knitted together in that kind of uh, that in that that kind of um, th- that's the kind of relationship they had that you know what people who had so many said hey my goodness I have land that I'm not even using and someone else here is struggling even with a place to stay I'm going to bring hey I have 10 acres of land you need you can have one all I need is two acres to live with I'm going to give this eight, and to those who even have excess and all that, they would sell and bring money so that this money is di- distributed according to needs. Ladies and gentlemen, there's this philosophy in the world that's, that is that um, is hey, associate with people of your class, associate with people of your standards. G, you've had so many very clever, uh, very cleverly articulated wisdom from men about G. The, 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 if you're an eagle and, and sometimes we don't investigate them visually where they're coming from according to the church and if look if you listen to the teachings of Paul and even if look at the book of James there's no such thing in fact humble yourself associate with the lowly that's what is called love and so the fear people were struck by oh Fear entered upon their soul, the fear of the Lord. Number two, miracles, signs, and wonders were performed. And number three, they shared resources.